So it was a lot of giant family movie nights. <laughs> it was it, it was time spent, with, you know, in, a, in groups of friends or at each other's houses with the families around. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. But um, we were engaged just two years or one year after we graduated from high school. And, wow. Uh, Do you know, uh, what, in the first show you talked about your dads and you spoke about it that way about your own father and your father-in-law. But now yeah. that you tell this story, mm-hmm. to be literally in the most formative parts of a young man's life, you're going through puberty right there with your father-in-law hanging out with you. Yeah, well, part of this too was, um, it's not like she was my only friend. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to a bonus episode of The Beatitudes. My name is Paul Kolker, and I am joined, as always, by Nick Besner. What's going on? And Jeff Scheffelbein. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Identical. That was pretty good. Pretty good. I'm so excited. Yeah. (laughs) Don't make fun of me for Uh, that. What's going on? (laughs) Bonus episode. Beatitudes. This is so much fun. Oh, guys, what do you think? Oh, my God. (laughs) We are off to a rip-roaring start already. Uh, We are joined today by Dr. J.J. Sanford, we interviewed him last time on everything University of Dallas and and Pursuit of Truth and Virtue and all kinds of great stuff. So if you haven't seen that episode, go back and watch it. We're going to get a little deeper today on the bonus episode, find out a little more about family life and all of that beautiful stuff. But first, we're going we're gonna to start with the game early. We're going to kick it off like it. with like our it. improv game. Just go ahead and dive right into some, some character caricatures. You excited about this? I am absolutely excited. <laughs> I cannot wait. I'm, I'm panting with anticipation. Let's go. <laughs> Anti-pantal. Antipodal? I'm not sure what Jeff said. <laughs> yeah, Do you yeah. know you're the first guest that we're actually going to not make Improv. You just have to like pull. So ch- yeah. why don't you explain this one to us? This yeah. is a so, unique. Yes, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna mix this one up. It's uh, blessed are the joke makers. So, but we're gonna put a oh, twist. Bonus on style. Bonus, <laughs> bonus style, ladies and gentlemen. No, so each person is going to get a character card, Ooh. and Doctor J J is going to have to guess what character we are. We're all gonna answer the same question, but he's gonna have to guess what we are. And we're going to try to telegraph it a little bit more with these. So We still get a guitar clock? Yes. Yes, we still have time. My brain still needs help. No, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) It's also very warm in here. So, Okay. So take a look at your character cards real quick. Just make sure. Okay. All right. That's my reaction to everything. And the question that we're answering as these characters, and again, this will will become clear as as Dr. J, Dr. J guesses. So... Dr. J, Dr. J? <laughs> Dr. J, Dr. J. I was going to Dr. J. Well, he Sayers. repeated the J, J, J. So yeah, it works Paul out perfectly. You just repeat the doctor as well. Well, and it was well, a Planet of the Apes reference. Well, help me, Dr. J. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, that's deep, deep gut. All right. The best pilgrimages offer blank to its pilgrims. How, how could they offer the best of anything? It's just your feet hurt. And I mean, I guess, I guess you're there for a while and you get to see cool historical things, but you're, you're, you're either a, uh, you know, a, a curmudgeon, um, elder. Yeah. Fellow. I'll give you um, that. Okay. Debbie Downer, chronic complainer. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Good job, Nick. Yeah. That was a great. Thank you. Great. Very helpful. Wait, can we, yeah. The best, the best pilgrimages, pilgrimages offer blank. blank. Yeah. I was just going to say that. 
Um, it's really you're, it's, you're a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, give me a sec. <laughs> yeah, when they offer uh, their own uh, wine that they that they make to um, to my nephew, while he's studying studying abroad. You're you're a former former rock and roll artist. Oh wow! I'll, no, you were actually you're <laughs> drunk, drunk, drunk uncle. uncle. I, the nephew, yeah, part the was nephew, awesome. nephew was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, right. I, I missed the clue. Yeah, it's all right. Well, I mean, there's a lot going on. <laughs> what do you mean, Jeff? <laughs> uh, the best pilgrims offer blank to its pilgrimages. Offer this to their pilgrims. I've got to get my head there. Yeah, a confused radio host. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, nice. You know, the best pilgrimages offer a stop first at Macy's because it's on the west side. And then as you start working through, there's a J. Crew. So you're a teenage um, young lady. No, who, uh, yes. I mean, I don't know what the difference is. In let your me, fantasies. Let me. <laughs> not going there. I will say that uh, the, my favorite thing about pilgrimages, you know, like after you're done with the holy sites, you get to hit up every single one of the souvenir places, and yep, then you get a, to just a chronic shopper, shopaholic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like our guest like was throwing me off with my own like, what do I do? Here? I just played a laugh track for all of us. That one goes for a really long time. There's a lot of people laughing. <laughs> it's an auditorium of laughter. That was great. All right, Good JJ. Job. Yes, sir. When uh, when I first met you. You were among the elite when it comes to big families. Tell us, give us the rundown. What's going on in the lineage of JJ and Becca? Yeah, we've got seven sons and two daughters, and our oldest son, so five boys, then, thanks be to God, we have a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we love our boys. And, and then son, daughter, son. Cool. And um, the two oldest are married. Um, the uh, our oldest works for Scott Hahn actually. He's the director of development for the St. Paul Center, and he and his wife Rachel are expecting uh, their third daughter. And our son Joe is a graduate student, and uh, he and his wife Fran just had uh, their first a son. Um, and we've got uh, one who just graduated from college, got a job. Um, and is doing well. He's moving to D.C. and um, and then one in college and one over at Cistercian and and um, um, two over at Cistercian as of next year and and then on down the line. So, um, you know, it's it's a blessing. Twenty seven down to four, and um, they're um, Grandpa Ford looks younger than me. Well, <laughs> I got these bags in my eyes. You got those glasses. <laughs> They, 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 they hide the bags. Ah, um, that's the secret. Yeah, but but um, we we uh, we wanted to be open to life from the very beginning. And, um, yeah, God's just blessed us. And um, we, we, love, we love having um, these kids very active, very um, involved in sports and, and music. And, and our, our daughters do ballet. And, and uh, What's the age difference between your youngest and your oldest grandchild? About um, four months. <laughs> wow. Yet you have been and, able and, to and rise in your career and in your education levels and in your impact. Like, what a beautiful uh, This is all my, story. my wife, uh, who's been all in on, um, you know, we're engaged in a mission. And, and that encompasses, uh, first and foremost, our, our marriage, right? So I'm, I'm a husband. Uh, before anything else other than a child of God. And I am a father. 
I just want to clap and cheer because this is it. And and then and then um, then I'm I'm a professor and a president of a university. And one of the things I really work on is that order. Yep. Am, I, am I keeping that order? And it's not always perfect, but you're doing pretty good, my friend. Well, thank you. Where does Beatitude come in that? You're a Beatitude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> top top priority. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know. No, we don't, we don't need to be sacrilegious here. We're, we just need to be sacrilegious. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've got the sauce. Thank you, you for do. this gift. Yes, it's absolutely. Well played. <laughs> JJ, uh, I was talking to your wife earlier. As you know, on the last show, she helped us to stump you. Yeah. In the just ask Very JJ. effectively. <laughs> <laughs> I think if We've we known each other since we were 12. Tell us about this. This is an incredible <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. What's the story more. there? Yeah. I mean, we were in seventh grade together at uh, this. Watching this, scary uh, movies. Not. <laughs> we didn't start that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. First time I talked to her, I uh, accidentally hit her in the face with a snowball that I was, <laughs> accidentally. I was thrown, thrown at a friend who ducked. <laughs> and, and I needed to apologize. And Thanks a lot, Carl. I, yeah. I, I, I already had noticed her and, and was, of course, terrified. Of, of her beauty, and um, yeah, over time, we just got to be better friends, and it kept kept deepening. So we never dated anyone else. Um, when did the dating part start? Met in seventh grade. We were not officially allowed to date until after high school. So um, it was a lot of giant family <laughs> movie nights. <laughs> it, was, it, it was time spent, with, you know, in, a, in groups of friends or at each other's houses with the families around. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. But um, we were engaged just two years or one year after we graduated from high school. Wow. And, uh, Do you know, uh, what, on the first show you talked about your dads, and you spoke about it that way about your own father and your father-in-law, but now yeah. that you tell this story, mm-hmm. to be literally in the most formative parts of a young man's life, you're going through puberty right there with your father-in-law hanging out with you. Yeah, well, part of this, too, was... Um, it's not like she was my only friend, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 we weren't. We were, work. <laughs> we all the chips in early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were both involved in sports. I played three sports in high school, and and had had healthy um, friends with with um, yep. people in our classes, and 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 that 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 was really important too. So the the slow drip. So that we didn't rush into this, and sure. and, um, um, and great parents who, who just guided us to to take a um, a real um, posture of of um, sanctification towards whatever relationships we had. Hmm. You know, you're around young people all the time, and so certainly you've seen this whole push to like wait until you make it before you get married. Make sure you're completely financially mm-hmm. and emotionally independent before you have to rely on anybody because you never want to rely on anybody. Like what, how do you react to or coach or even work through some of that culture yeah. given you, the success of your history? <laughs> what, 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 what's, what sounds pretty reckless, right? And uh, on our part, <laughs> Get married yeah. now. <laughs> you know, it's, just it's, do it. Yeah. Look, there, there, there are different paths. Um, we, I, 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 I um, um, am, very risk tolerant, um, and so was she. Uh, very idealistic. My from a young age, my father always made it clear that after high school, uh, financially, we're more or less on our own, yep. and and that was very good for um, setting my own expectations. And I was blessed with this full ride to college. She was blessed with almost a complete scholarship. And we both worked hard, and I worked for a painting company. Uh, I was a foreman starting after my sophomore year of high school, and and so 
Um, I didn't, I didn't care. Um, she didn't care if um, someday we'd make more than fifty thousand dollars. We, um, I knew I could work. Yep. Um, um, it was important in my family to have some kind of trade. My my mm. older brother's a machinist, for instance, and worked um, as a as a uh, home contractor for for a number of years. And, and so that gave me a great deal of confidence to be able to do things with my hands and um, know that, that um, I, I could bring in an income. And we, wanted, we wanted to do much more and um, felt a, a calling. And, and as I matured and thought, well, I've given these gifts, I ought to, I ought to live magnanimously and really strive to do um, the best I can to contribute to building up God's kingdom. And, and what's funny is we actually kind of spoke that way to each other, thought that way. Not, not always that sophisticated, but um, um, we, dream, we dream big dreams together. So what do I say to people? Both my sons who married, um, I, I did counsel them that given their financial circumstances, it probably would be wise to wait until they were done with college. Um, and, and that had to do just with, with um, how were they, they were making their way through that period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying, okay, throw all caution to the wind. And, um, you know, even, even in terms of the size of the family, the pacing of, of kids, I mean, we're, we're, we're enabled to, to reflect there so long as we respect the, uh, the church's teaching about uh, contraception and, and so forth. Um, and um, yeah, Humanae Vitae is a, a, sometimes a forgotten document, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of wisdom there. The, the, um, so... I, I, I think it's important, though, not to have it all worked out. And there's real uh, financially or also in terms of your own habits. Um, um, you know, you, you, I was never accustomed to living by myself. I never lived by myself. And um, I, I lived in a dorm room uh, after I moved out of my parents' house and then, and then was sharing a, an apartment with my wife. And um, all the little things that I might have developed, my little... Uh, protected areas yeah. and things you just nobody should touch and so forth. You know what a blessing <laughs> that, that I, I never had those and and we we um, I, I got a few things but but uh, you know it, now it, that you've got nine kids you know, <laughs> but just no. shaping shaping our life together from the beginning there, mm. there's there's beauty in that but I'm not saying everyone needs to do that and and we we do have to exercise responsibility but. Boy, we need people with with guts. Um, JJ, to, I must to, have to misunderstood take some y'all. Bold, some bold risks. I must have know? misunderstood y'all because it wasn't too long ago that me and Amanda were hanging out with you and Becca at one of these charity deals, mm-hmm. and we were talking about some family stuff. And I thought you said, "Go get them, have more kids." <laughs> so my wife is pregnant right now with number hey, seven. Congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> I told these guys this. That's awesome. I was like, you're pregnant? Oh, I got to book JJ on the show. (laughs) I've been waiting for this moment. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually the Beatitudes first time to learn of this too. Now, Nick and Paul, inner sanctum. We had this conversation yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, that's that's fantastic. Thank you. You know, your family is beautiful. Thanks. And and, and I love the way you and and Amanda with the kids are just um, awesome parents. And you've got Thank a more you. compact, right? Oh, they're pretty tight. Yeah, and, and, and you know, we, we 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 were we we were able to to isolate um, and an occasional, you know, I'll be holding coverage. this baby in January, no. God willing, and be able to say there's seven and the oldest is ten and there's no twins. 
I, I don't understand math. math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't seem to work. Um, two quick stories that I think are worth sharing because I think about like, what is success? Is success being a university president? Is it having the greatest uh, humor and holiness podcast of all time? You know, well. it, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those are cool things, right? Yeah. Um, and really for all of us when we ask these questions, but I'd look at, and I'm going to brag on these guys, the way that my co-hosts talk about their wives, the way that they love Jesus over their wife, their wife over all else. Like it's just this beautiful testament you do this too but then you get to have these like fruits or these nuggets we announced to our kids uh, just a few days ago that we were expecting number seven the five-year-old jumps up on a bench and starts going everybody hip hip hooray <laughs> hip hip and he's cheering that's awesome. and later she says man i love the way you cheered and he said mom more kids equals more love and i love love I thought oh, if everybody wow. just oh, loved love. Cool. There we go. And then the put it on a bumper sticker. I love <laughs> some people. Some people might be confused. <laughs> I love love. Okay, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> the other one that I want to tell is that uh, my nine year old, she's a uh, little girl, but she's good friends with the neighbor girl. And I was like, you can tell her. So she tells her, I am the oldest of seven. Yeah. And her friend says, Well, not yet. And she says, No, that's a baby, yep. and it's my sibling. No matter what happens. What a and I was like. We're winning. <laughs> Praise God. No, yeah. that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's and beautiful. I don't know that I'll be able to remember that during the teen years or maybe even over the weekend, but <laughs> right now I'm enjoying that moment. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty beautiful. Hold on to that. Yeah. And are you, uh, you close to the grandkids? Like how does this play into your life right now? Yeah. I mean, close in the sense that, um, um, love them and want to spend as much time as we oh, can. But they're not but in state, are they? No. No, oh, uh, kind of moved to the Cincinnati. three girls, but but the grandson, um, he just moved here with his parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an emancipation. <laughs> I'm packing my bags. Advance. <laughs> yeah, no, he's 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 just a little guy, six months. So, um, yeah, I I uh, it it was it was different to when when you imagine having grandkids, um, you think of your kids as a lot older than uh, just born. And, um, you know, having, having a son in one arm and, and a granddaughter in the other um, was, was not what I anticipated. But, man, was it awesome. And, yeah. and my granddaughters are absolutely delightful. And um, we, we see them as much as we can. We get them down here. We go up there. And FaceTime is wonderful. And um, our, our son and daughter-in-law do a great job just keeping us involved in their lives and, and their little I realize you're probably friends with Scott Hahn, but I'd be like, hey, let me just come visit you at work. I'm just hanging out and have coffee <laughs> in the lobby. Hey, Scott Hahn, what's, hey, I'm love to talk about. He's, he's a great guy. Oh, he's, yeah. You know, who you can just, we, we lived near each other for a number of years. Of course, worked at the same university. Sure. You know, he's, I, a, he's a normal, normal dude. No, he is. He's, he's, he's a, a dude. dude. He's a beatitude. Yeah. Yeah. Will you tell him to come down here? Yeah. Well, next time he comes to visit you, will yeah. you tell him, come sweat it out in the beatitudes? Well, he does come down to, <laughs> to Dallas. Um and and uh, I'm serious. Yeah. We need him. Yeah. You're great. We also need him. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's <laughs> better. Follow he's you. better. We need him to follow <laughs> you. It's hard to follow you. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of greatness, when I think of the University of Dallas, maybe one more thing. We were talking about how it somehow has brought together in harmony so many different uh, movements, apostolates, orders. Like there's so much happening. But one of the things we didn't talk about on the last, uh, the first show that people can go back and watch is this tribute, this shrine to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Can you share a little bit about that and that whole process? Yeah, so we've got a shrine on campus. It was installed in, in 2015, and it was a group of alumni who, who just felt called um, to to step out boldly and 
they they persuaded the then president and and he got the bishop involved at the time and they they worked on raising the money we we have a um, you know it's it's not it's not something that was produced in a in a warehouse someplace and it gets shipped across uh, the country this is a unique image of our lady of guadalupe a rock from Tepeyac is 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 there and i keep looking for that rock which one is it yeah. I'd like walked around like, where's the rock? Am I missing it? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll find it for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when 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 I um, was asked to be the president, I um, um, I, I thought, well, we, we we've never consecrated the University of Dallas to Our Lady of Guadalupe, and we've got this this marvelous shrine, um, our, our cathedral um, parish, Our Lady of Guadalupe. She's the patroness of the Americas. And, and um, I've always had a, a strong Marian devotion. Just over the last several years, have I really deepened a devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe and, and um, just felt called to um, give us a kind of, of spiritual anchor, even though we've got this diversity of religious communities um, and we unify the idea of what the University of Dallas is kind of intellectually. Um, we, we needed a mom who... Mm. who was looking over the hole. And um, so we, we had this beautiful um, uh, Eucharistic procession around campus, the bishop and and the orders involved in the university involved um, in that procession and um, other diocesan priests and faculty and staff and students. And the students who didn't read their email when they when they saw us walking <laughs> by, just so powerful, hitting their knees. Yes. You know, and and uh, they know what's going on. Yeah. And, and then... We all laid flowers at at the, the the feet of Our Lady of Guadalupe at that shrine, and, and then had the formal consecration in the church, um, and just celebrated the anniversary of that in, in early May, May seventh. Um, when when I walked back to the shrine afterwards, um, somebody had interwoven there's there's a mesquite tree behind her um, in 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 this rendition, and interwoven all of those roses throughout the whole. It was just gorgeous, beautiful. And, and the next morning, uh, we went to mass on campus, and and uh, I saw three sisters sitting there, um, and one of them was a student of mine this past semester, and they were the ones who did this, and they were praying a rosary uh, before Our Lady oh, um, awesome. after after their morning mass. So. I feel like after this episode airs, you're just gonna have to beef up the uh, welcome team at University <laughs> of Dallas. And anyone is welcome. I mean, we 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 are the only Catholic university in North Texas. I. I whether you you know anything about um, the University of Dallas, other than the fact that we have this shrine on campus, um, just just come. Yeah, Walk she's around. for everybody. She's for everybody, and and that that was part of the the, the point of this consecration to make it clear she's she's for everybody, mm-hmm. and and our university is for everybody. Well, I love this. I think I speak on behalf of uh, all of us that this has been an incredible day with you. It's been yeah. a lot of fun with you. I do have uh, homework to do to go figure out what you said. (laughs) (laughs) I never read the Republic, but I listened to it fast so that I would at least have a clue what you were talking about. Lots of Latin. (laughs) That's Lots of Latin. (laughs) But I I do want to give you back the mic to kind of finish this out. You host your own radio show. You could just rock this whole thing, but maybe any closing. Mine's a little different. A little little more sober. I thought you were going to say you do more improv games. Yeah, a uh, little more wheels off. So I do think this is a good chance maybe for a final reflection on anything. I mean, I'm just going to open this up. We've been talking about family, education, philosophy, our own journeys, um, really the power of prayer, the need to bring 
everything to prayer, not just the things that are convenient to bring to prayer. I'm just kind of throwing up a bunch of balls and seeing which one you want to take a swing at. But you're going to give us our, our closing, and then we'll uh, we'll nod at everybody and send them off on their way. Well, I, I'll leave you with something to think about a little bit and, and to read. I, I recently read George Weigel's Witness to uh, Hope. And um, um, I'm, I'm sorry, um, To Sanctify the World. I, um, Witness to Hope is, is his biography of St. John Paul II. To Sanctify the World is his most recent effort. And he's reflecting on um, Vatican II and um, really... Um, when, when, when I was a kid, uh, Vatican II was like all over the place. We're Vatican II Catholics, and, and it, meant, it, it, it meant a lot of, of wonky things in terms of, of um, sacramental elements in, in a parish, and, and um, you, you can go through the list. And, um, and then um, when, I, when I was reading the, the catechism and, and trying to figure out what does it mean to be a Catholic, Vatican II, you know, um, is... is it, how how should I embrace Vatican II? And um, that this book was really helpful for me because it it shows um, both the continuity of Vatican II with the tradition and also the the hope filled dimension of that most significant um, um, moment in the church. You know, a four year moment that that really set in motion uh, the. The papacies that have followed, and and it, it is a witness to hope. You know the title of that other work, and of course John Paul II and, and Benedict were were both involved, not as as pope there. But um, reading that book um, gave me um, hope and um, real gratitude for the contributions of of those who formed that the the contributions of people like George Weigel and, and others who have been. Um, uh, finding really creative and um, uh, bold and subtle and winsome ways to to share the faith, faith and and to frame um, the the um, this millennium for the church because our work is not done and we need to be hope filled people who are um, inspired by a, a church that we can be proud of. Um, even with all of its warts, and a, a message that really saves and that transforms lives, and um, uh, so my 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 encouragement, and to, to tie it into some things I said a little earlier, is is um, you know be not afraid, take courage, as John Paul II constantly reminded us, and educate ourselves and uh, be filled with hope, yeah. be filled with joy um, that comes from that hope. What I listened to you and Paul both go back to your seminary days and some of your your academic days. There's parts of it that are challenging. I will say for anybody listening, George Weigel makes all of this very accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. The articles and books I've read, I'm just he is a he speaks in a language that I can follow. So I look forward to checking out that book. I'm going to ask my co-host to help me say this. We loved having you here. We'll see you at the university, and for the rest of you, we'll, we'll see, see you, you in the, the Eucharist. Eucharist. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.